When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. I'm Gene Simmons, and you're not. And you are listening to the number one KISS podcast, Shout It Out Loudcast, with Tom and Zeus. But you knew that. Now get out of here. Oh, boy. Here we go. Boy. Down, kiss. Stop pressing the button. Star, Simmons. Star. Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. All right. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow. Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Cause fuck. You do? Hey, fucko! Do you like kiss? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shouted Out Loudcast. Episode 247. Kiss on Tomorrow with Tom Snyder, Halloween 1979. Another milestone TV appearance that we've been holding off on. Last year, it was Phantom. This year, it's Tom Snyder. And what good luck for us that that was on Halloween. So perfect. Yes. Our Halloween kiss theme continues. Yep. Yeah. So, hey, Tom, last week we had the great Martin Popoff on. And he talked about his awesome new Kiss book, Kiss at 50. Yep. And uh, that went fucking as awesome as it can be because it's Martin Popoff. And he's a legend and love picking his brain about all kinds of music. But uh, we did a poll. And how'd that go? Yeah, we did a poll asking people about what their favorite Kiss book was. And, of course, there's only four options. They're all amazing. You know, there's no wrong answers. But for this poll, we chose Behind the Mask which is kind of like the Holy Bible for Kiss fans. Uh, Shout it out loud, the story of Destroyer by our good friend and awesome author and just awesome all-around guy, the great James Campion. Kiss at 50, obviously, Martin Popoff, and take it off a spectacular book by our friend and former guest Greg Prado about the unmasked non-makeup years. Four amazing books. Uh, No real surprise here. Behind the Mask comes in first, 53%. But bravo to our buddy James, shout it out loud, comes in second at 25. Take it off, comes in at third with 15. 
Kiss at 50 comes in last with seven only because it's brand new. And I'm sure a lot of people, they just don't have it and, and can't really respond to the poll accurately. Uh, that combined with, the, again, behind the mask is just the holy Bible. Got a lot of write-in votes, and I agree with a lot of them. My write-in vote obviously would have been Kiss and Sell by C.K. Lent. That is probably the other go-to book that's fantastic. Our buddy John Rostano said the same thing. He commented on that. We had a lot of... uh write-ins for that our buddy brad baird said the same thing hoping that we could get ck lent on someday that would be amazing our buddy daryl alber of course i will mention kurt gooch's kiss alive forever yeah same thing great yep, book he, yep he says hopefully you see this tweet before he claims copyright use on the word kiss <laughs> <laughs> gotta love the current events james six star says in all fairness i haven't yet seen kiss at 50 Take It Off is great. Egghog had a great write-in vote. A write-in vote for Nothing to Lose, The Making yes. of Kiss. That's another awesome one. So many good ones. Um, so let's see what we got about the episode, because a lot of people had comments on the poll. I mean, that's a whole. That's actually could be a whole friggin' episode talking about all the different great books. What Matt about Murphy. my book, Tom? I, it's called I Got Regrets. <laughs> it's called Meet Me in the Tool Shed. Uh, you, you know, I was thinking, Zeus, you know, I got just, a couple just, more just, now. I was thinking just to veer off a little bit from the uh, feedback here. So we keep talking about Zeus. Uh, Zeus. We keep talking about Ace moving into my new shed. Uh, it's going to be a problem because my mom is coming to stay with me for the holidays. And I, I don't know how close I'm going to allow Ace to uh, Mrs. G. This is going to be a problem. Hey, hey, Mrs. G. Oh, oops. Sorry. My bathrobe opened up a little bit. You got to. <laughs> You got to you got a sneak peek of my rocket. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, back to the feedback. Uh um Tom, <laughs> there's a strange man pooping in the backyard. It's like that scene in Friday. Smokey was just taking a shit. Uh, hey guys, don't worry about me. Hey, say hi to Mrs. G. By the way, can you Cook me up a grilled cheese. I'm a big fan of those with the Velveeta. Kind of melts when you pull the bread apart. All right. God. We can't. We can't. We are addicted to Ace. We just can't. We're, we're our own version of the Ace cult, but in a different way. All right. Matt Murphy. Looking forward to the interview, but I just started listening, and I already have a question for Zeus. What is a nerd house? I don't even remember. What is he talking about? I don't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what okay. is a nerd? We are. We are. Then he follows up with a great comment here. Uh, great episode, guys. You have a knack for asking a wide range of questions, including, quote, I always wondered that, end quote, kind of stuff. Your conversational style makes the guests feel comfortable. Pop-up is fantastic. And anyone that writes multiple books about UFO is a friend of mine. Yeah, UFO, very underrated, man, and great. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> John Schaefer, I loved hearing Zeus breaking down the Kiss lawsuit with Gooch. That was fucking awesome. Yes. Okay. Uh, Gerald Rosenberg, this book looks great. I can't wait to get it. I have a spot reserved for it right where Ross Radley's magic will be going. <laughs> on second thought, on second thought, Martin may be publishing Kiss at 100 before magic comes out. <laughs> Uh, some good stuff, man. Some good stuff there. So that's what we got for Twitter. All right. On the book of face, let's start off here with our buddy, Keith Rochford. Awesome. Just got my copy in the mail. This will continue 
Shout it out loud cast year of amazing episodes. Wow. Thank you. Paul Heider enjoyed the episode. Interesting to listen to a writer talk a little bit about the process, depending on the assignment project he's been given. Popov is very measured and articulate. Good back and forth on rainbow too. I chuckled a bit when he mentioned a talk with the publisher about a motorhead at 50 and absolute silence <laughs> from the two of you. <laughs> well, that I'll was our res- that, that was us showing Martin respect. So we figured if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Yes, we just had the great metal Mike on. Yes. Uh, to talk about his uh hair metal journey a book on dorm damage that's already out this week. Yep. And uh yeah, there were out of respect for him, we could have been fucking brutal. With yeah. some of the well, you know, uh, this is a great year. Man of War had an album going like, my dude, like, what are you talking had, about? What are you talking? The Tiger Tail's second album is fucking great. And again, it's it, all in, it's all in jest. We love Mike and his podcast and his book. And, is fucking and same fantastic. thing with Martin. But if yeah. if if Mike said fucking Man of War one more time, I was gonna explode. <laughs> but anyways, um, sabotage. It's like fucking Steve Wright's personal heaven. <laughs> Uh, we got a ton of like, hey, it's a great book. I'm buying it. Where can I get it? So let's go over to Loudcasters. The great David Caffey says it's a great book. See what I mean? John Whiteman says, I haven't gotten the book yet. Does it have the Vinnie Vincent dirt bitcher in it? <laughs> John that's is gonna, the one. That's going to be when it comes out in the uh, the expanded edition. <laughs> the history book, that big kiss book. <laughs> yeah. <The> picture book. Beautiful. <laughs> We'll what about the picture of my turd? I just made one in Tom's shed. <laughs> hey, when you if you when you get around to the left side of the yard, Tom, don't forget to get mine. I, I I'm going over more in the corner. I don't want to interfere with with scout poops. Yeah, I, me and him are marking our own territory. You know. <laughs> anyway, Tom, we'll get to John Whitemore. He's got a nice email that comes in, uh, and we'll get to him a little bit later. The great Jason Warden. Well, hell. Martin Popoff got me to do something I never thought I'd do again. Buy a book, not on Audible, that I'd actually have to read. Man, I love Kiss at 50. Then hearing you talk about other ones like ACDC, Sabbath, and Zep, we'll be ordering soon. In the Van Halen book to look forward to. Another yep. great interview that I'm glad I got to hear right when I got Kiss at 50. And all you Rush fans out there, we touched on a little bit his Rush oh. books. I, I have the Rush album by album, but then he did specific books on Rush during the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties. It's it, he's, I mean, he's Canadian. Did you know this was Rush. coming? Did you know this was coming? Because is next, it, is it is it is it is it Joey Romanek's <laughs> comment? <laughs> Joey, don't paint more than a thousand stubbles on my fucking fake beard, Romanek. Uh, I awesome. think it wasn't as it wasn't as common as something like while I'm ironing my jeans, I always read Martin's Rush books. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> while I'm looking over asbestos reports, um, <laughs> awesome interview. History and Five Song is my go-to podcast. Always entertaining. And if you're a Rush fan, Martin's <laughs> three book series, Anthem, Limelight, and Driven, are must reads. See. Yeah, Rush nerd, Rush cult, Rush tards. <laughs> Rush tards is more like it. Uh, over on our Instagram, thank. Uh, this is from Junior Vintage. Thank you, Martin, for your candidness in writing a different spin on the Kiss story. I own several of Martin's works on the band Rush, 
including Contents Under Pressure, Rush in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They are all incredible. Great job, TNZ. Over on YouTube. Fonis23. Great show, guys. Some super insight by Martin in what, in what great deep thought goes into producing such a great book. We'll be definitely seeking it out. I think Martin would be a great dorm damage guest to have to discuss other artists. His knowledge is vast and articulate. His knowledge is probably better than anybody I can even think of. Tom, would you agree? We talked about this. I love having Martin on as a guest because he's so cerebral in his analysis. Like we could, we could just geek out with him. I love whether it's kiss or rush or rainbow or just music in general. I I love having him as a guest. That's why I love his books. I I love his work. And more really, yeah, really pumps really, my nads. Pop off really pumps my <laughs> I love his work. Uh about the funk says Ace is lounging in his hammock in Tom's backyard. That's true. I haven't set it up yet, but he's got it coming. Pinworm says, Loving Martin, loving TNZ. Great episode. I think that's the great Mike H. Uh Chris Flood. <laughs> Great Uh-oh. shows always, guys, but I can see his tards all over the country calling 911 when you start talking about rainbows. Hey, their <laughs> history rights have been violated. <laughs> Hope you can get Martin on Dorm Damage Days, some discuss some other music. Uh <laughs> Patrick2420 says, Uh-oh. put that cashew be down. <laughs> Nice. Seriously, what's up with Ace and all the cashews? <laughs> that it's, a, Ace- it's a good, healthy snack, and they're pretty cheap. Usually, I buy the Hannaford store brand. Plant is a little too much. I like the salted ones. Get, they get a little sticky on my fingers, but then I'll lick my fingers. I got to remember, did I wipe after I pooped in Tom's yard? I don't know, but it still tastes pretty good. <laughs> uh, I can picture him holed up in the shed vividly. Those 90 seconds made the whole episode. Thanks, brother. <laughs> and uh, somebody else recently told us that. I think we had our, our, a nice discussion with the great James Campion recently. Oh, who God, said, yeah. that shit we were doing, we're like, me and you were saying, like, yeah, we're a little embarrassed. Sometimes we have these great guests and authors. And in the middle of it, us talking about Ace shitting his pants in Tom's backyard. Oh. And... uh we get a little embarrassed. He's like, no, no, we love that stuff. So anyway, Tom, over to you. Get some emails done and uh, we'll get to the episode. All right. Our good buddy, AJ White. Great episode as always. My feedback, however, is regarding last week's question about Eric Carr singing Peter's songs. The only Peter song he ever sang was Beth on Smashes. Well, he did sing Black Diamond and sometimes live, but not only did he not want to do it, but he was incredibly vocal about how uncomfortable he was being pushed into it. That is very true. He felt it was disrespectful and certainly never did it live. Man, what a class act he was. For these final shows, how about putting up a few videos of Peter and Ace? I guarantee most of us fans will go crazy, way more crazy than seeing Tommy and Eric doing them. I have no issues with them at all, but doing their songs live is where I draw my line. I have absolutely no doubt that the reason people are upset by it is because he's in Peter's makeup, although very embarrassing and has nothing to do with him faking on the piano. If he was sitting on a stool handing out roses, real fans would hate it even more. As a matter of fact, I think the diehards would rather not hear it at all. 
Hick into strange ways or mainline, and you might see the diehards change their tune, but to each their own. Just my opinion. Looking forward to the next episode. Great points, AJ. Excellent points. If he started doing mainline or songs that weren't written by Ace, and written by Paul, like Hard Luck Woman in mainline, yeah. then I think it'd be a lot easier yeah. on him. Yep. We got a great email and a great Facebook post with an awesome picture sporting the Shout It Out Loudcast t-shirt from Tennessee Duke. Uh, he sent us an incredible email with a review of the Nashville show from Monday, October 23rd. Great email. Great review. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Share the set list and everything. Awesome stuff. So we really appreciate that. Uh, John Whiteman chimes in via email. Oh, Jesus. I've been meaning to reach out to you guys for a while, but I'm actually lazy as fuck. So I haven't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the episode. Shout out. It makes me proud that my post was such a defining moment in the history of the show and quite possibly all of human history. It took me a while to sift through several hundred turd picks before I found the perfect one to drop in Vinny's toilet, but it was obviously worth it. I love the show, and like many others, I feel like I'm hanging out with old friends when I listen. It's easy to forget that I don't know you guys, so I was a bit worried that I had overstepped after hearing your last rant, but I'm pretty sure now that it wasn't about me. Hopefully, I can get to know you guys better and maybe hang out in the VIP lounge if Ace ends up doing a residency in Tom's shed. Until then, I'll keep trying to walk the line. John Whiteman, you never have to walk the line, brother. Good stuff from you always. That's awesome because that's somebody that gets it. Yep, exactly. There's yep. a fine line between overdoing a lot of shit that a lot of people right. do. That's right. And he gets what works, what doesn't. And he understands, hey, shit, maybe I don't know these guys well enough. So I don't know if I should put this. Unlike other people, hey, fuck it. Yeah. Like, that don't get it or or jump in or make comments that are just like, uh, like, huh? I don't know yep. you. What the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, John, kudos to you. And uh, thank you very much. We got another one here from our buddy Tom Selig. Great emails as always from me. He says, a Kiss Tards Unite gathering would be so much fun. Or host a live broadcast, get everyone together. I'm in. Uh, we're going to be doing something, but we're not sure yet. But that final show in New York, something's going to happen. We don't know yet. My Mike H. So I'm doing what I do every Saturday morning, which is listening to you guys. I'm on my way to my job. I look down to see the next turn that I have to make on my GPS. And guess what? It's Zeus Street. I thought it was cool. Picture attack attached. Awesome guest. Awesome interview. And as always, awesome show. I love you guys. Take care. And he sends us a picture of his GPS and it says 1.8 miles to Zeus Street. Wow. Good stuff. And that's what we got for emails. And Tom, we got one more comment we're going to get to. And it's from our Loudcasters page. And this is from the great Russ Tozer. You're knocking it out of the park with these interviews, TNZ. I could listen to them all day. The book looks amazing. And Martin seems like a cool guy. The kiss content is what we're all here for. But I must say, the little sidestep into Rainbow Chat made this old rocker smile. So much so that I just revisited your Graham Bonnet interview. Russ, uh, for the compliments, for doing what we want listeners to do, which is to search out music, to search out interviews, to search out more things. Uh, and you... Put it out there so nicely and eloquently right there in that post. 
we thank you and you are comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> yeah, Russ. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Awesome stuff. Tom, what we do next is we give a shout out to our Patreon family. Uh, Patreon is where people can come and help the show. You support us. It goes a long way. Uh, we have a huge uh, family of Patreon members, and uh, we're looking for more. So if you want to help us out and you want to become part of the Patreon family, please go to our website. You'll see Patreon, the uh, link. Click on it and subscribe. We have four different tiers. And with those tiers, you you make a, a monetary contribution. You get perks back from us, whether it be merch, whether it be uh, – episode involvement whether it be uh picking the songs for uh, the album for arc uh, and whether it's the march madness tournament uh we like to keep our patreon families involved because they've earned it and they're helping us out it's a great way to help the show continue and continue to grow and get great guests that we've been getting lately thanks to patreon that's been the biggest help that we could ask for so if you really want to help the show, you want us to continue, you want us to grow, you want to be part of the Patreon family, come join and help us out. And we really appreciate and thank you to all those members. Yeah, absolutely. Huge thanks, as always, every single week to the Patreon family. You guys are amazing. You're helping keeping the show growing uh, and supporting us is incredible. We're so grateful for you. So please, if you're interested, check us out, patreon.com, download the app, click on the link from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com and check us out lots of perks there uh and you'll see them all as soon as you check us out so please do that and again a huge shout out to all of our current and long-standing patreon members tom what we do next is we go over to kiss world what's going on there they are in the process of wrapping up their final shows 38 days from this recording until the final show in New York City, which we're going to be there. We're recording on Wednesday, October 25th, and they are in St. Louis, Missouri at the time of this recording. Uh, and then they make their way through the rest of the United States, a stop in Canada, and then back down into the U.S., and that's it. The stage show is a little different. There is a little bit of something going on in front of like Eric's drum set across the length of the stage with some colors. The pods look a little bit different, some a little bit of different imaging and graphics and stuff. Set list is pretty much the same. I think somebody said they may, maybe brought Making Love back in or something. Um, so a couple slight changes, but I will say this. Some diehards that we're friends with on Facebook have been saying that it's fucking incredible, that they are loving it. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of emotion and nostalgia because for a lot of people, it's the last time they're ever going to see them. But I'm happy to hear that people just having a great time. And and that's what we want to hear. Tom Paul has also said a couple things in the news, like Ultimate Classic Rock had interviews with him again. Oh, yeah. The band members not coming in in like Ace and Peter and talked about the sphere and the residency. Like, you're not doing that, dude. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. We, We get it. It's the same old, same old stuff. And, you know, every time they talk, though, people jump up and reprint the shit. And then all hell breaks loose because it's the same old shit. He also made a comment about he also made a comment about the set list, too, of course. So he addressed all he addressed all those hot button issues. Set list, Ace and Peter. And it's pretty much like this, like in coming to America. It's like set list. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. Ace and Peter. Fuck you. Fuck you. And fuck you. We're not doing any of it. We don't care what any of you people want. We're not doing any of it. 
yeah, it's just I wish somebody had a uh, what do you call it uh, a, uh, a forum where they could push back on that. Yep, and say something to them like, "What are you talking about? You ask, have you ever polled any of your fans? I'll tell you what they'll tell you." Yeah, yeah, they, we don't need to hear say yeah for the one millionth time. So we don't need to, we don't need to hear say yeah at all. <laughs> so yeah, so regardless, anyway, Tom, uh, let's take a quick break. And uh, we'll get into uh, the main topic. But uh, before we do, I'm going to uh, see if uh, Ace is ready to step in and help you with trick-or-treaters that come to your house. Hey, hey, I got some candy back here, too. There's some like, half-chewed bowl of nuts I got back here for some of the kids. If they want to come trick-or-treat, tell them to ring my doorbell on the shed, Tom. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back, and we did have a little incident with trick-or-treating. Um, Ace was inadvertently, instead of dropping candy in the kids' bags, he was dropping those little poop bags. You know, he picks up his, he was picking up his poop with Scout's little doggy bags, and he was, sorry, I thought you guys were collecting the trash. My mistake. Don't eat that. I know it looks like a Snickers, but it isn't. I ate one of those by accident in 77. I was sick for a week. Tom, we got asked about the Tom Snyder show constantly. When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Yep. Like we already like the, the thought process has already been going, guys. We have things planned out when we're going to do it. So it's not like we're ignoring like, oh, Tom Snyder show. What's that all about? Um, we just want to time things according to a, like an organized schedule and, and uh, figure out a way to do it. And it's Halloween. Hence, we're doing it. That's right. October 31st, 1979, everybody who's listening to the show, as soon as you hear the words Tom Snyder and Kiss, you know what you think of. You think of Ace, you think of Gene, and you think of just the chaos. And it's something that, as Kiss fans, we love, we cringe, we talk about it, we analyze, and we can't wait to do that tonight. 
Yeah, so what we're going to do, I'm going to put this inside the episode, play out the whole show of Kiss on Tom Snyder, and when the episode ends, we'll come back and we'll uh, analyze and break it down. So here it is. Unreal. I'd heard about your talisman, but I didn't think they really existed. What's that humming noise? Beethoven's fifth. This is our Halloween special from New York, and have we got a show for you tonight. Little did anybody realize back in the early 1970s what an impact four men from New York would have on the rock scene in this country. Since 1974, KISS has produced a gold album with every single album they've recorded. Eleven out of 15 albums have gone platinum. They are known for the incredible illusions and theatrics during their performances. The drummer goes 30 feet up in the air and turns around. The bass player grunts, groans, flies 40 feet up in the air and spits blood. The lead guitarist sets off fireworks and smoke illusions and blows up his guitar, and the rhythm guitarist crashes his own guitar into eensy, beensy, teeny tiny pieces, and he passes them out to the audience at the end of the, sh- of the concert, and the audience takes them home and trades them for food. Kiss is best known, however, for their mythical personas on stage, the wild makeup, the spectacular costumes, the superheroic posture, and they're all here tonight. The KISS phenomena does not stop with sound. There are KISS games, lunchboxes, toys, pinball machines, and soon to come is KISS World, a traveling amusement park. It all adds up to an incredible organization with millions of dollars and millions of fans, and here they are. tell you something. These four young men walked in here this afternoon about, what, three hours ago, four hours ago, carrying eight enormous sacks filled with all their outfits, their shoes and their chokers and their capes and their jewels and their paraphernalia and their makeup. And I cannot believe that they would spend all this time because they're not going to perform here tonight. Oh, but rather get into themselves, as we like to do, or get people into themselves. They did this for us, and I'm so appreciative of this, and they'll all be out here in just a second. Individually, they are Gene Simmons, the bass player, Peter Chris, the drummer, Paul Stanley, the guitarist, and Ace Freely, the lead guitarist, and they're here this evening to help us celebrate Halloween, and Kiss will join us in just a moment. 
A little bit later on tonight, we have Miss Dorothy Dietrich, who uh, bills herself as America's leading female escape artist and magician. Now, I've seen a lot of female escape artistry in my time, but I understand that Dorothy is awfully good at this. Uh, 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 uh. She is the first woman to professionally recreate some of the legendary Harry Houdini's great escapes, and she will show us some of those tonight. And Halloween being the most sacred day of the year for magicians, the day that Houdini died, Miss Dietrich and many of her fellow magicians earlier this evening uh, will have held a seance in an effort to contact the spirit of the great Houdini. On our stage tonight, Mr. Donald Berman, one of the newer members of our staff, will be sawed in half by Dorothy Dietrich. Now, let me tell you about Donald Berman, and you'll meet him in just a couple of seconds. Donald came to us from the NBC News Department, uh, WNBC-TV here in New York. Donald is a terrific guy. He's one of the hardest working guys on this staff. But the guys from the news, you know what I mean? You know, they, they get a little, I don't want to say square, but they, they, they play it straight. You know what I mean? Donald comes every day. Today he came in dressed, suit, tie. The man is always presentable. We come in, the jeans, the sweaters, and all that. Donald is in tonight, suit, tie, the whole thing, and we're going to saw this man in half. Why don't we saw Larry Johnson in half? No. no. I mean, let's go through the staff members that we would like to see sawed in half. Called, <laughs> called Get the Staff Tonight. Franny Cole, the makeup lady, let's saw her in half. Oh, Gorman, the stage manager. Debbie Vickers, saw her in half. George Paul, the director, saw him in half. Saw me in half? No, no. The man is a reporter, an observer, a journalist, now from New York. We'll be right back in five, four, three, two, one, with Kiss. Now, here are the remarkable members of KISS, and first of all, Mr. Uh, Gene Simmons, who is the bass player, <laughs> who is the bass player, uh, Mr. Peter Chris, who is the drummer, Mr. Paul Stanley, who is the guitarist, and Ace Frehley, who is the lead guitarist. I'm not the lead I'm the trap player. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell how this started, you know, because uh, Gene came in and he said, I didn't know I played bass. And I said, well, I see Aykroyd on Saturday Night Live with the, with the bass fish, and then you say the trout player. I have to excuse it. Bass. Bass. Yeah, bass. Been bass. Thing, bass. But not bass. bass. Never a bass player. Never a bass player. What would happen if you went out on stage for a concert, and you didn't set off the fireworks, and you didn't break up the guitar, and you didn't have the smoke and the fire and the blood and all that, and you just came out and did your thing? What Would, what, would they would come to still the concert? Be a, it would still be a rip-roaring rock and roll show, because what we do when we go out there is we don't stand still when we play our instruments. We run around and pretty much raise hell. Can we say that on TV? Yes, you can. Well, well we raise hell. TV. I have medals from, you know, early Last days of high school track, you know, track, and I'm sure we're very, we're oh, four very athletic young gentlemen. No, I think, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is our thing. You know, going out like this, so if we didn't go out like this, a lot of people would be really disappointed because KISS is known for the big show, so why shouldn't we go out and do what people expect? How does what you do now in concert, what we saw on the videotape, and I'm assuming that that's reasonably recent, mm -hmm. how does it differ from when KISS first went out on stage? Did you come out with this tremendous energy right from, from day number the one? The energy was there, the equipment wasn't. We used to go out and we wanted everybody to think we were famous and that we were very big, so we used to have amplifiers that were empty because we couldn't afford speakers. That's what I remember that. We'd pile them against the walls and we'd tell the lighting man, don't put a light on them because you could see these see circles. Right them, right? You could see where the speakers were. The energy was always there. When we used to play little clubs, we started out playing on Amityville, Long Island. <laughs> and uh, we always said, 
this is the garden. You know, every night we play. You said this was the garden. I Peter's wasn't credit for that. In fact, we re I remember opening up for lots of bands that had uh, half the equipment. Oh, I see there's a live human being over there. Half the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> right here in front of Wait a second, wait a second. Have you recorded your laugh? No, we want to, though. You must you know, these guys have been talking about recording my laugh. We've done 15 albums. They've never done it. Maybe on the 16th album they will do it. I think you recorded it on your solo album. You did. did Absolutely you not. Why well, he didn't. Yeah. Ace has been saving it for, for a kiss. That wasn't my real laugh. That was just a, a compilation of... You know. All right, upcoming and future <laughs> kiss right. albums. Ace, Fraley's right. Let me right. this. You were uh, saying something. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, all right, no, I know what it was. We, uh, we, when we first started out, we had so much equipment that the other bands wait a minute yeah, <laughs> we had no equipment we were broke oh, <laughs> you remember the Marshall Amps and all that oh, the phony Marshall Amps that's right incredible. phony Marshall Amps and we used to open up for these bands that had nothing all they had were guitars and drums and we had this six foot logo and this was way back in 74 and uh, <laughs> people just used to get very very angry at the fact that we could come out put on a we had a levitating drum set wait, we were wait, still doing a 30 it would go up six feet, but there was like guys with ropes. Filling <laughs> 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 me up here. Yeah. If we didn't get the guys for that night, the drums would <laughs> When we first started out, we used to play clubs, and the drums would go up, and Peter would be like this, and the ceiling would be getting lower and lower. And I used to tell that the guys, true. don't lift me anymore. It's still keep going at it. No, but actually, sometimes it was it worked on a chain drive, the first uh, levitating drum set that we had. <laughs> and sometimes it would skip. Gotcha. So, so, have you ever had a 10 speed uh, bicycle? Surely. It would go up like this. And then <laughs> drop, <laughs> the drop would go back. <laughs> up. And my heart would drop with it. And we, you know, we all fell for Peter. Yeah. Well, we played along with it, though, you know. In fact, the first time. <laughs> you know, that's part of the show. You can never let on. I'm glad you guys When we first started playing, we had to get used to wearing these kind of shoes. And Ace, Ace is notorious for his bad balance. And, uh,. One, maybe the first couple of months that we were on tour, invariably, once a night, you would hear a thud on stage and you would look and Ace would be sprawled <laughs> out. out. And Wait being troopers, we would run over and play over. These guys were incredible. The, uh, it was if I would fall on stage, these guys would run over to me and make believe like it was part of the show. They'd stand over me and we'd do like this... <laughs> As you know, I'm looking dodging. up and they're looking down. We put the guitars together and bounce them People off and turn around. There goes the lead guitar. Well, that's part of the show. When you see the audience going crazy, what goes through your minds? Do you have time to think about audience reaction while you're performing? I feel like I'm in a movie. I always yeah. get the feeling that, that, you know, without comparing ourselves to anybody else, it's almost like the mid sixties, <laughs> like we're in a Beatle kind of movie, and we're not even playing ourselves because, I mean, when you realize that a lot of the people at the show have been waiting three or four months to come see us, and this is like the big night for them, and when you when you see all these people screaming and crying and all that, screaming and crying, crying. why did I spend all that money? <laughs> <laughs> I spent all this money in this. This is it. This is it. He goes up to the air. He's walking out of here. True confession time. Right here. True, True confession, confession time. Right here. Exclusive on the Tom Snyder program. You'll suffer in the dressing room. Whose idea was Kiss? Well, who invented Kiss? We all did. We all, we all did. Yeah. We've been to Gene and I were together for about nine years now. Not sexually, just. To, <laughs> that's the later part we of the program. Yeah. I want to. Yes. I want to slip it past one twenty, and then we'll, right. then we'll get into the drugs and you know and all that stuff. No, 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 no none no. of that. Okay. No. I don't take drugs. Mom, <laughs> no drugs. Go ahead. No, you were saying nine years. 
Yeah, we've been good about, about nine years, and then we broke up a band we were in, and Peter joined us, and then Ace joined us, and uh, the rest is history. We always wanted. I, I always wanted. Kissmas. It's like everything is really? kiss. Kissmas. No. Kissery. The thing was, we always wanted theatrics and music together. I did. Myself, We're still and, hoping for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and finally I met these two nuts, and they wanted it. Me, we picked him off the Bowery. Tom McCann, 398 That was it. Uh, can I just go around the horn here and start with Gene? And tell me where you're from and where you went to school. All right, I've got, I've got a question to ask you. My manager's off stage. Is this true confession time or am I on? No, you're, you're, just, you're right. really on. All right. Then uh, I'm from New York City. I'm from <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Wait Queens. a second. Wait a minute. They're not on. Oh, Queens. <laughs> I'm from Queens, New York. Uh, actually, not too far away from Paul's house. We kind of used to wave, wave to each other <laughs> before we knew. Each other. That's right. You're, before we knew each other, I'd see this guy waving back. I'd wave. Gene went to telescopes. Telescopes. Mom, Ace loves it. Ace now, loves now, anything. I tell you something. Oh, I could beat up before, before you guys. Before you guys came on. They gave me a little sheet on each one of you to read, you know, where you're from and how you grew up and blah, blah, blah. And the notes said, now, Ace seems to be the most laid back of the of the four, and he's the one who'll probably be the hardest to make talk. <laughs> well, this is not Ace. Oh, this is George. Oh, this is George. I'm an imposter. Ace is back in his ass. That's true. We got our roadmap. Who's on first? What's on second? You know Listen, Tom, about that swamp land in New Jersey you were wondering about. You grew up in New York. You all, you all grew up in different parts. All I grew up in the Bronx, Brooklyn. Queens, Brooklyn. Yeah. I grew up uh, 211th Street and Broadway. I was the only Jew in an, in an Irish neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, you learned to either run or fight. And then I moved to Queens. But he used I, to paint himself yeah. green. Well, he was still ready to fight. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> and, That's where the makeup comes in. I knew Gene and I would be in a band together because he was the only guy in Queens who was wearing white face and a ponytail. <laughs> this guy. That is true. Boots like this is, you know, it's not your regular 398 Tomacan special. That's right. Those are 798 Hardys. Tell me about your outfits. I mean, do you, did you design your own outfits, all of you? And, yeah. and w tell me what each outfit means. And I'll start with you, Ace. Well, that means a cucumber. I think this outfit is self-explanatory. <laughs> There I mean, you, you know, this is part of a, a, a kind of a V-shape. This is my utility belt, and we don't want to go any belower than my uh, waist area because that's reserved for concert players. You know? I, I understand good. that. But, and then at, and after and it's all over, they say, this, this is what I we came for. for. And that's what I cry. I short I stole this from Flash Gordon, and, uh, you know, I have my cape in. Huh? But you're kind of like a spaceman, huh? No, actually, I'm a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> On the side. Uh, well, listen, I got a little piece of pipe backstage I'd like to have you work on. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, you love it, but I went bad. <laughs> you. You, <laughs> you old sweet talker, you. But, I, but I'll tell you, I read in the sheet that they gave me where they said that it's hard to get you out of your shell. It's hard for me yeah, to they, talk. Yeah, 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 I'm very try, try to cheer down. <laughs> that you wanted to go for a ride in the first spaceship or a rocket ship or something uh, like that. Are you referring to the space shuttle? The space shuttle that you wanted. Yes, I would prefer to have a ride on the first space shuttle if it's feasibly possible. I was speaking to Pat. And I said, you got any info, uh, any uh, 
Secret me, ambition. See if you can get me a ticket on that. I'd be very interested in that because I'm into technology. I think Ace doesn't need anything. I think he can just <laughs> power himself. <laughs> <up there. laughs> His Ace own is, power. Ace's limo just. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm in your band. Never a dull moment. Let me tell you something about Ace. When we were first starting out, we had a, a mylar. Uh, front to the bass drum we would play these clubs and we're still trying to figure out who it is that we are what it is that we're trying to put across and, I you, and Ace Ace ultimately Ace ultimately would look into the mylar and start laughing at himself and I thought he liked me kept up having a rotten time right Tom I'm having a, a, an awful time <laughs> take, you know, take it easy it'll get better <laughs> we'll hope so. We will uh, we'll regroup here for a couple of minutes, and we'll continue with Kiss after these words from the NBC television station, Coast to Coast. <laughs> I don't believe this man. I was just uh, talking with the uh, the uh, gentleman in Kiss, uh, George and Peter and Paul and Ace about. Uh, <laughs> oh, George. George is not George. manager. I want to ask. Oh, George! Oh, oh, you're Ace. George is not here. Well, how about here, James in the background? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the best. The best player. Let's right now. George, you're not getting away with it. You were telling me about. Um, Something that happened on the road. Well, why don't we let Paul kick off the story? And all right, fine. It. Like I said, Paul was we going to kick Arkansas. off the story. There's all there's all, there's so many great road stories. It's really an yeah, education. Please. When you go out on the road, you're really green. I just thought of something. The very first tour we did, you know, you expect all these women and you, you start settling for <laughs> girls. But confession time here. I remember um, one instance where I, I didn't even tell you. Uh, I was with a girl in my room, and I said to her, so tell me a little about yourself. You know, and she's like, just got out of the nut house. Oh, that one. Yeah. No, but the story we were talking about, we were in Arkansas, and I was... I was <laughs> that way you were staying in room that night. I was with a girl, and this was the first tour, and uh, it turned this out... Five, this was about four years ago. turned out um, that she was 16, and it turned out there was a prison right across from the hotel, convenient to take me away, and... Uh, also turned out that she made her living going from room to room in the hotel. She was a hooker. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at my door. And it's the police telling me to open up or else. And I can't figure out what's going on except that somebody must have told on me. Meanwhile, Ace is in the room next door throwing his furniture onto the highway, having a party. We were on the 20th floor of a, of a hotel, and I don't want to name the hotel because I, you know, I don't want to be incriminated. Again. Anyway, I threw all my furniture out the window, and I was with two other friends of mine that uh, actually were from New York but had somehow... Ended up in Arkansas at the moment. Anyway, to make a long story short, we my road manager runs in the door and he we says, the state troopers are here, they're going to arrest you. He said, get in bed and put your head under the pillow. <laughs> I said, great. <laughs> so, five minutes later, the state troopers walk in, <clears throat> and there's my road manager, Frankie Skinlaro. Hell of a nice guy. <laughs> I love him. And he says, look at him. He's drunk. He's under the pillows. He didn't do anything. 
He was go to Paul's. He was con artist. He was a lot of people in his room. There was a big party. They got him drunk. They drugged him. They threw all his furniture. They ran out the door. They got him drunk. They got him drunk. They got me drunk. I fell out. They threw all his furniture out the window. Look at him. He's gone. We got away with it. And it flew, huh? Yeah. yeah. That wasn't the first the time trees. he talked his way out of our, uh, out of uh, getting a jet. But he was an incredible guy. Frankie, I love you. I'll see you uh, New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Going into the last commercial, I don't know if we still have the record up, but we played a piece of music and you'd said something that caught my ear. A lot of people won't recognize that. That's that's best. Being, written by Peter Chris. As being kiss, kiss music. Yeah. And if it's still up, if you could just sneak it in a bar or two, because maybe people watching this have a short memory span. It'll be here in a second. But now, why would you say people wouldn't recognize? People have preconceived notions about uh, who it is that KISS is. You know, they think that all we are is, you know, guitars, loud guitars, drums. We, uh, we're also four happy-go-lucky guy, kind of guys that wear makeup. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, go ahead. We, uh, <laughs> Peter Chris. Naturally, they don't play the vocal. That's us doing No guitars, no drums, that's right. <laughs> That means down. That means down. Oh my God, to me it just I, looks up and down. Yeah. <laughs> down. So that goes to show you we were all we could write with you know it's a symphony I and mean, we used the whole big symphony when I wrote that tune. When have you done that in front of people? I do it every night with a tape. We use a tape. For I that use a one. tape, and I, but I sing live to it, and uh, it, we won People's Choice Award for it. It was a big hit for us. But you played the violins yourself? No, no we no, had no, like no. a. a you have charts written out for you know okay. the various sections. And you make sure that they play the right mel melodies and the right timbre. A lot of people, you know, have so many preconceived notions about Kiss, but the greatest thing about the success we've got now is that we're basically free to do anything we want. Like this. <laughs> what are you doing? He's ruining your teddy bear. <laughs> I'm trying to make him a space bear. <laughs> uh, <that's... laughs> space bear. The only space bear in captivity. I got him. He's captured. <laughs> Captain oh, Bear. Okay. Space Bear. How are you, Tom? I'm all right, thank you. In, in, your, in, in your off time. I mean, when you're not performing, not in your off time. But when you're, what is the recreational activity that you enjoy? Oh, orgies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or right, sacrifices. Well, human sacrifices. Human sacrifices. sacrifices. There's a movie where it says um, guys at orgies. Orgies, that's orgy. right. Orgy, doggy, No, I, uh, I do various things. I, uh, do you mind if I hold on to him? It's, it's, no, you can hold him as long as you like. Thank Just you. make certain that when you leave, he stays, <laughs> stays there. Okay. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard the horror by. stories about thefts, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Watch horror movies, collect uh, Betamax cassettes of horror movies, cartoons, old, old. Try me, name me, any horror movie, and I'm putting you on the spot. As old as you want. It can be silent. Uh, this is his game. Gene's got you, man. Uh, of course he's going to get me. He's no, I, because guy. I'm not that good on horror movies. Well, Pat told me that you were. You don't. No, he like, I, I heard you like the old gangsters movies, because I love the old boys. No, he doesn't like that either. No, he just I likes bears. I don't care for those. How about car like? cartoons? <laughs> no. Uh, the cartoons I care for. All right, try me. You, you mean, if I give you a cartoon and you'll give me the plot? Or, or or what? You could do Produce. that. Animation. Yeah, right, I'll give you one. Bugs Bunny, Hairway to the Stars. Hairway to the Stars is when he goes, when the uh, big spaceship lands, the Martian comes out. You got it. With the little uh, 
helmet, and Chuck, jo Chuck Jones produced it from an original script by Robert McKimson. You can, ch you can check on it. I don't have to, because Chuck Jones was here about three weeks ago, and I remember that kind of thing. We Chuck talked Jones. about Airway to the Stars. Yeah. Oh, you just now, do you also, when you say horror movies, do you mean mystery movies as well? Like no. I said, you Diabolique. Would you know that one? That's a French movie from uh, 58, I believe. Put the bear down. Yeah. I don't really go in for uh, suspense mystery as much as something that's got uh, uh, a sense of uh, outre about it. How about that? That's a French Well, word. then you'd know what the day like the earth stood still. Of course, 1952, Michael Rennie, Gord the Robot, Nikto. I'm on. Can we go with Clatuvarada Nikto? Yes, Invaders from Mars? Invaders from Mars, 1953 with... Some space. 1953 with... Uh, who was Luke Costello's girlfriend? God. Uh, quick, quick, quick. Hillary uh, uh, Brooks is right. Bring him on the stage. Hugh Brenner was Hillary Brooks was the mother of the of the child. So that's, that's right. Trivia, horror movies, and you watch them a lot, and you have yeah. a collection of them. Uh, in does. fact, yes, I get into my little straight jacket, put on the Betamax, <laughs> on it goes. Hello, Luli. <laughs> little disconnected things come out that's every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. That's it's a living. You know what I mean. And you, I fantasize being a masked crime fighter. <laughs> That's what I always wanted to do when I was a kid. This is about as close as I can get to it. The other time when I'm not on stage, I, just, I kind of sit in my, in my apartment and say, I want to be alone. That was very good. <laughs> Someone once said that. When did you start dressing up? Like this? No, this is not. This isn't. Up. You know, this isn't I, that wild for this. Guy. No, this really. <laughs> you should see what I wear on the street. <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. I, when I was a kid, I always had this, this dream of becoming a crime fighter, but there was never any call for it. I always wanted to be on a, a stallion overlooking the Long Island Expressway, you know, with my hair blowing back fighting crime. But it just didn't work. No, there aren't too many guys around on stallions looking over the Long Island <laughs> Expressway, Expressway with their hair blowing in the wind. Except at night. Hi, I fight crime. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Are you uh, are you the one who used to some one of one of you used to race cars a lot or uh, well I tried it yeah but many it times it worked well for me uh, I've wrecked quite a few cars in my time I'm very lucky to be here I really am so I stopped that I promised today no more racing cars well you know Peter we're very lucky to have you here <laughs> well it's good to be you here no it's Tom. really it's really strange you know Tom Peter has nine lives. He's come close several times. That's good, Ace. He's and the cat. we still love him, no. and we're glad to see that he's still around. God love you. So now I just, <laughs> I, I stay up watching late. Uh, I like, like Bogart movies and Cagney and uh, the real, real old gangster stuff. Dillinger, all those real, and I also, I collect guns. I target shoot. I just hunt. toy guns now. We're not talking no, no, about real guns. real guns. Oh, really? to I can say that. But as a collector of them because I of I collect the... them, and I shoot them only targets, though. I, ne I never hunt animals or anything. What is it about having a gun collection? I, uh, I just, I'm fascinated by them. Maybe because I'm fascinated by gangster movies. If I could relive, I would love to be in the 20s and be a, like a Dillinger or a Babyface Nelson. In the movies. See how I'm trying to bail him out? <laughs> in the movies. It's the point our manager. Hello, Bill. Are you kind of the guy who kind of keeps it all the level mother. and keeps it all The mother. The mother. See, because of me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. What's hit? That man is hit. Because Get this, a break, for God's that sake. Was I'm your host. Gene Sides. Oh, a monster. Well, try this one. <laughs> Man's violent, for heaven's sake. You're rude. Love it. I'm, I'm sorry. All I know is if this guy... 
Gets himself in trouble, I'm in trouble. Wait a minute. You can run around being a vampire and I'm gonna be a gangster. That's not fair. That's what I just said. He wanted to be a gangster in the twenties, and that's right. what he wanted to but be. But the twenties are over, and here I am now a drummer. That's right. Kids. But everybody's got a fantasy, and uh, we're all good guys. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Good. Probably Definitely. have a good substantial breakfast every morning. No, uh, we, oh, I was no. giving the money to the poor. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I would have. I would have. Well, all one of you has to do is say "nanu nanu," and I'm right. I'm up forty feet in the air. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Now you, I read again in the little uh, thing, you know, or the one that said Ace probably won't talk at all. Uh, toys that you were a toy or a game collector. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gene, it's Phil Donnie who says I need a little help here. You know no, what I, mean? I told Pat I collect antique toys. I'm toys. very articulate if I want to be. Do you want, want to, to talk to me? <laughs> no, but now we've gone through their fantasies okay. or their things well, like that. Let's tell you about the toys got under the ground. I'm into, I'm into technology. I'm into. Uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that. Uh, Five or ten years from now, we'll be able to have uh, space stations circling the Earth that are totally <laughs> controlled and energized by solar energy. That are totally independent of the Earth. I think that's fascinating. Would you care I mean, to tell our audience what you were doing at four o'clock this morning? No. <laughs> I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> no. Actually, so, I'm a very... But, but I'm seriously. A, I, I like but actually... I'm, I'm a Taurus, I'm a down-to-earth human being, and, uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taurus is an Earth sign. Come on, get, let's get back to reality. But Ace is in <laughs> And we are... Tell them about the toy you've got under the ground, that big right, toy that you just toy built. You built. Oh, yeah, bunker. Uh, oh, I, I built a recording studio on the ground, 18 feet on the ground next to my house. I mean, you're talking about the state of the art on the East Coast. There's no, no place like this. It's, yeah, it's, it's automated, board. it's all computerized. Cost me a lot of money. I don't want to talk about it. My cannon's ready to. No, I mean, I'd, I'd like you to, to tell hide. about the about the helicopter that you're building. Well, I'm into radio-controlled, you know, model airplanes and mm -hmm. most recently helicopters, which are more fascinating because they're much more challenging. Anybody that's into radio-controlled models knows that right now helicopters are hard to control. And it's a state of the art now. But you didn't know it's that. Tough. No, I didn't. Yeah. The Germans make the best ones at the moment. Right now, I have a Japanese one. I'm having trouble with. <laughs> oh, I have a German one on order. Don't okay. do it. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm talking about. Don't but this, you dare. This guy's a good egg right here. He's a little hard boiled, but he's good. What strange things have happened? You strange <laughs> fan mail or strange... <laughs> Look at this. You know, as soon as we start... Come, come on, Gene, call him off, please. Okay. Okay. Easy okay. Ace, As soon as we started doing concerts from the very first show on, uh, the first show, in fact, was done pretty close by uh, 14th Street right off of 5th Avenue. The first show we ever did was New Year's Eve, 1973-74. My hair caught fire. There's a part in the uh, show where I breathe fire, and, of course, I hadn't had too much practice then, and uh, the right side of my hair caught fire, and everybody thought it was part of the act. But, you know, they just went right along with it, and I didn't know what happened. Somebody came doused me with a really towel. Scary. That's the trouble with this show yeah. that we do. It's so big, and there's so much going on that when something really goes wrong or somebody gets hurt, nobody ever knows nobody it. Knows well, it. Uh, at one show, I got hit with something, and my eye was bleeding. And... Go ahead, Paul. Bleed your eye. Miami, when you got electrocuted. I was electrocuted. I almost died. Want to a bomb up at me? That's not <laughs> I've been laughing this whole show. In Miami, I touched the railing, which was metal at the time, and uh, the railing wasn't properly grounded. And I, everybody in this, everybody in this group knows I almost died that night. I was. We finished that I show. I passed though. out. My, I couldn't for the rest of the show. 
There was no feeling in my fingers. Yeah, it was a close call. Was a close so since call. then we've gone with more electronics. We've got uh, wireless guitars, wireless guitars so that don't need wires. Mm -hmm. Based on the radio. Same principle that his helicopter is based on. Yeah, even Absolutely. Even, uh, once That's great. What a guy. That's what I call band interactions. And I, I couldn't... So you got to start over off, because he was, he was going while you were starting. When he was electrocuted, somebody wants to an <laughs> M80. <laughs> what a line, huh? Hey, when Ace was electrocuted, you know, when we <laughs> fried Ace. I slow right into it. And it really, really hurt. I really couldn't hear for three months. It was really dangerous. <laughs> That's why we didn't <laughs> really, I still can't. <laughs> Peter, what? No, you got to tell it all over again. We were in some town uh, where it was way down south. Way down, Dixie. And I got some kid through it. They're called M80s. Oh, the big firecracker. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was Memphis, Tennessee. And it literally blew me off the drums. And I, I woke up in a car. And uh, I went back and did the show, but I couldn't hear out of my ear for at least three months. It was really dangerous. So me. that's why we got some bad reviews. Yeah. But there's been some scary moments. Who do you think is the audience for KISS? Who do you play to? We initially thought... Uh, we were doing this for ourselves initially because we started out... Here's the, the old the old <laughs> rap no we had. We initially started out being the audience. It wasn't that long ago. And uh, the premise behind anything that we do is we try to place ourselves in the audience. Would we like it if we did it? Mm -hmm. And uh, we started out with a pretty much of a middle teen audience, and now it's grown into uh, a circus. We've got bears and amazing. Leaps and bounds. It's crazy. Leaps and bounds. If we're in a hotel across the street from uh, the halls we're playing, it really looks like Ringland Brothers because you see parents, you see six oh, years old, you see 25-year-olds. Mm -hmm. It's really, it yeah. appeals to and a lot of... if we did a concert in Bombay, there would even be cows. Cow <laughs> I bet you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> If you cross the street, <laughs> look at this guy. He's a good guy. I'm getting bruised by you. Wake up. I'm the main guy. I'm getting killed. I'll do it with you at the same time. I've got to move on to the lady, Dorothy Dietrich, who saws the member of the staff in half. <laughs> which is a million laughs. Do you want to be sawed in half tonight? Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? But may I thank you all for being here. Ace, I really, you have hey, a terrific sense of humor, it. and you're a good man. And enjoy the trains. I mean, oh, thank you very, very much. I heard about it. Thank you that. very, very much. I'm Peter, good, good to thank see you. you. Thank you very much. And Paul, thank you. It's great. And I'm sorry I said you were a bass player, Gene. You're a <laughs> He's a good fish. <laughs> Quite all right, Ralph. He's Take a good egg. <laughs> Take care. Thank you all very much. We had a ball. It's a pleasure. It was great. Happy Halloween, everybody. And it's good to be Happy home. Halloween. Hi, Mom. Where are you? Okay, true confessions. We will continue after these words from our sponsors. Did I blow you? Tom, that was the legendary episode with Tom Snyder. Now, I mean, it's cliche. We know a lot of the stuff. All KISS fans know this. We don't want to just talk about uh, the questions being asked because I'll be honest with you, I learned nothing. It wasn't an interview. It wasn't in-depth. No. Like, oh, I heard them talk about that. It has nothing to do with it. This is 
Tom breaking it down, personalities, uh, body language. This is uh, uh, a a therapy session or a, a psychoanalysis session or something. Uh, and I want to hear what you think about what we just heard. Yeah. I, I mean, when was the first time that you remember seeing this? Because I remember hearing about this. I don't think we saw actual video footage, or at least I don't remember. I think until the Kissologies came out, there were some clips. It's a very short clip. The The clip that we just dropped for you guys to hear is the full, like, extended, like, 30, 35-minute thing, the entire thing. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, people, you see the memes, the gifts of Ace laughing and cackling, that the death stare from Gene. Um, well- I mean, before we get break it down, give me your your initial thoughts when you think of this, when you see it, when you watch this again and with like fresh eyes, you know, and, and, and kind of looking at it from a different angle. I think um, Paul and Gene come across like fucking assholes. I think Ace comes across as a fucking like a child. Like some of it may have been funny the first time, but I, I get to see all aspects of everybody. I thought Peter was the fucking coolest because he was laid back. He'd laugh when it was funny and he added his couple comments in. Um, I thought he was the most natural. I think Ace was over the top because he was fucking shit faced. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I, I mean, Gene, it's funny to watch this now. Because of what we think of Gene now and what we think of Paul now. So watching that from 1979, it's the reverse. Gene's the stick in the mud. He's bullshit. He's pissed off. And Paul is has a smile and a smirk trying to like survive this disaster. Gene is just wants to fucking like absolutely dismember Ace. Where I feel like if that happened now. It would be the exact opposite. Gene would be like Ace, like like. So that was kind of an eye opening thing to me to see that Gene was the one that was like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you." Yeah, Paul didn't have the confidence level of Gene of running the band. Right, I think um, so. Yeah, and I think it, it, it's even telling when at a certain point when Ace was just off the rails, Tom's like, "Gene, help me out." Like he didn't say Paul. Gene was the leader back then. Yeah, Paul was the nervous, like smiling through his teeth and like grinning That's his it. teeth. That that nervous then, look. Yeah, and Gene was just like, ha, ha, yeah, Ace, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the the parent that like when you're in that event and you're at, like a family gathering or something, he looks over at you like your dad is like, I'm gonna fucking kill you when we get yep. home. I think the thing that made it even better. So I I I've I've I'm a fan of Tom Snyder because he's just he's like someone's dad. He's kind of dorky. He had absolutely no idea who he was talking to. I mean, he said the bass player. He called. He didn't fucking know their names. He had no idea what he was doing. He had absolutely no control over the interview. But I found that a little bit endearing that it was just a regular guy. You know, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like that dorky high school teacher that's monitoring like study hall. And he can't get the kids to like behave. So he's just trying to like talk to them because he knows they're going to be pieces of shit anyways. Like Tom Snyder, the poor guy was just like, all right, let's go around and, and talk about, you know, where you're from and what, you know, and fucking Ace is dressing up the space bear. And like, it was just, it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, I, I agree with you with both Schneider. He had, um, a, a very, um, I don't know how to explain it, like, uh, disarming way of treating guests. 
Like Very, he, was, yes. he always seemed like I'm generally interested. So yeah. you worked as an accountant for two years, like boring yeah. shit. Yep. And he would make it seem like, oh, really? Oh, yep. let me ask you about that. Like, he did not seem like he was like, says here, uh, you worked at the docks for a couple <laughs> years. Like, he right. seemed like, wow, really? Oh, like, and he and he got it back from Ace. Yeah. And let's be honest. It is exactly what he said. Like, they said here that like, you'd be quiet and you wouldn't come out of your shell and I need to talk to you. And Ace was just fucking hammered. And going off and he didn't expect it. And he was going along with it. But I think halfway through, he was just like, dude, this is a fucking train wreck. And I could tell this band is very uncomfortable. The yep. dynamic in here. And he was just trying to like not play up ace too much. Cause he, I think he figured, Oh, he's in trouble when the show's over. Yeah. Let's get to a couple of comments and quotes from behind the mask. There's actually a section in behind the mask about some legendary TV appearances. Now there are comments from Gene, Peter, Ace, Bill Coin, and their publicist Carol Kay. I find it interesting. No comment from Paul. Interesting. So Gene says the Tom Snyder show experience was horrific. Ace was bombed, and Peter was in his I'm Italian and I love guns mood. <laughs> I was trying very desperately to keep it together. Tom Snyder kept going to Ace, the guy who was cracking up and having a good time. Ace and Peter would play off of each other. As soon as Peter saw that Ace was having a good time, it was almost a license for him to say, oh, yeah, I like guns and I'm in gangs. You're rich and you're in a rock and roll band. He was never in a gang. They both love the idea that they were bad boys. They're not bad boys. If these guys were in gangs, they would have wound up being dog food. I don't know. I, I don't understand why Gene's saying that, because I truly think that Peter is a fucking psycho. Yeah, I think he's I think he's. I don't know. For some reason, it seems like they're like, well, Ace is a fucking mess, but Peter's an asshole. Yeah, I like, agree. Peter can control that, and he didn't want to. He found a way to just fucking rub it in our face. Well, you know, if, no offense, when you got your chance, you rubbed it in his face as well. Well, I think that's, the, and that that's another bit of, of the thing, too. Um, Peter says, for the first time, Ace and I had hijacked an interview from Gene and Paul, and the result was hilarious. So right there, you know that their goal was to just be fucking assholes in front of them, make Gene and Paul uncomfortable, embarrass the band, embarrass everybody. Because you're right, at that point, the band was like hanging by a thread, barely at that time. So they they already hated each other. And they were probably like, you know what? Fuck these guys. Peter then Peter continued to say, we took over the show. Ace was drinking champagne. He was shit faced. I think he passed out in the dressing room afterward. Gene was steaming mad because Ace took over the show and he was so funny. I thought it was terrific. I was Ace's biggest fan that night. See that? I thought it was terrific. He loved that he, they would torch. Ace was yep. torturing the other two. Yep. Yeah. It, yep. It, it's true. Now, we there is a comment from Paul from his book, Face the Music. Um, he, he, did, he did say that talking about how the band was kind of like collapsing, you know, and he, he said people are having second thoughts about coming to see us. He, so he, he knew that there was like burnout from the band and, and like this, this, this did not help because they were hanging by a thread. It was terrible. Ace gets into the details. He says, I was totally nervous. This was the first time I was ever going to do a major network show where I knew millions of people would be watching. At that point, I was still having stage fright. I was definitely afraid to be in front of a camera. So on the way down, I drank a half a bottle of Stoli. 
I usually don't drink vodka. I'm usually a beer drinker. All it did was basically make me normal and relaxed because I was so terrified. I remember the producer called me up. They called me on an off day where I wasn't really in a talkative mood. And even Tom mentions it in the interview when he said, my producer told me that Ace probably won't talk at all. I have no idea where I came up with those jokes. The ones about the cows in Bombay, the plumber, it just came off the top of my head. Okay, Shecky Green, settle yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> oh, fucking cows in Bombay. Exactly. So it just, Ace is, uh, the thing about this is, is it got taken on a, like a legendary status and the Ace cult love this. Love this. Live for this. So here's, here's, here's a little bit more from Ace. And, and this is this is the whole mentality and the psychology of it. Ace says, if you watch the video, you can actually see me turning to Gene and putting up my hands at one point and quietly saying, what? Like a child who's misbehaving at a family function and wants his dad to loosen up and join in on the fun. Like Zeus, like you said. How seriously can you take yourself when you're sitting there in a superhero costume and full face makeup? I love the guy, but he never got it. Mm. I, I, I get it, Ace. I get it, Ace, but you weren't there to be making fucking plumber jokes and dressing up a teddy bear and being dude, fucking at, like a cackling. He never got it. Right. If they were acting like this in the beginning, when they to- started like this, they wouldn't have made it out of their first album. If everything was a fucking joke right. and laughing about it and being, oh, look at us. We're fucking stupid. You'd be, you'd be with the crowd laughing at you. Instead, the Kiss band took the shit seriously and got fucking uh, uh, a crowd and an audience because of that. We talk about it. Like, like that's the shit that fucking bugs me about him all the time yeah, when he does I know, this. I, he I always know. wants to act like he's the cool one. Oh, they care about the money. I'm just a rock and roll guy. Really? Have you seen what you try to fucking charge people for your shows and shit? Give me a fucking break. Yep. So I don't want to hear that shit. And, and that's the stuff that really turns me off when he talks like that. It just, I'm better than them because I'm the real one. They're just phony. Really? Okay. You give back all your money you made from when you were in that band and, and keep going out there selling fucking Genghis Khan and Bronx boy. See how you do with that shit. Paul has a couple. So then you, then you get serious Paul here. This is from an interview that he did back in 2012. Paul says it may seem funny that somebody is drunk. But the fact is that the root of it was, I believe, a contempt and a lack of respect for the audience and the fans. So, sure, can you look at it and chuckle? Yeah, I can too, but I see deeper. I look at it and I say, what a shame to take this lofty position that somebody gave us and spit in its face by showing up inebriated or unable to connect a sentence. It may be funny on the surface, but what's below the surface is a lack of appreciation for a gift that you've been given. Now, I'm not going to say that he's right, but. Or wrong, but let's back off the melodrama a little bit, Paul. You know, they, they, not all of these guys are laying it on so thick, whether it's Ace saying, Oh, Gene didn't get it. It was fucking hilarious. Or Paul being like, You're spoiling the gift that you were given by, I, I get both sides, but this right here is, is why these four guys just could not coexist, which to this day, we haven't talked about the reunion, which to this day, I can't fucking believe the reunion lasted for as long as it did. I mean, that came to a crashing halt too. We'll get into that, but yeah, Paul just being, you know, of course, holier than now sitting on his mountain. I, I, I don't know. I, I, you did, you did make a, a good point, Zeus. The look on Paul's face is that nervous smile when you're at like, you know, a kid's birthday party and you know that your kid is a little shit, but you don't want to cause a scene. So you're like, Hey, he's having fun. That's good. Yeah. 
let's go through each one of them. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Ace, quick thoughts. It's funny, but it's over the top. It, 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 there are some funny parts. It's over the top. It, I will say this. For as shit-faced as he was, he did put some coherent things together when he talked about, I'm fascinated by space, and, you know, there's going to be a space station that's powered, like, whatever. Like, like he, he at that moment, you know, I'm like, okay, but but you knew at any given moment, whether it was a question that Tom Snyder asked or a comment that wanted to make, you knew, okay, when when is Ace going to jump in with a, with a, with a, with a punchline? He had the three o'clock giggles when you're over yeah. your buddies and you've been drinking all night and trying to pass <laughs> yeah. out. It's yeah. me and you at Creatures Fest trying to oh, pass out. Two o'clock in the morning. We couldn't, we couldn't, because yeah. everybody'd be like, okay, good night. Thanks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> he had that. So, yep. but you're right. He was connecting sentences here and there. He was more articulate than he's ever been now. Yeah. He can never yeah. talk like this, like he does now. Yeah. Uh, I'm just fascinated by technology. I mean, yeah. you know, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, so with me, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, I if I'm going to rank them, who came off likable? I I would put Ace as number two for me on yep. this episode. Okay. okay. So me, the next guy is Peter. I would rank him number one for me because he was kind of like Ace, but he wasn't as over the top. He was having his fun. He was making comments. He was actually speaking, given a chance to speak, talk, talk about some of the things that he liked. I thought he came across as the most likable and most normal one uh, uh, on there. For okay, me. this is this is where we're going to disagree. First of all, Peter was on something. Yeah, whether it was, was whether it was coke whether, or something, whether, yeah. whether it was it wasn't coke because he would have been a little bit snappier with his behavior if it was coke. He was on something I don't know, like a fucking quaalude or something because he his eyes looked like they were barely open. He looked like he was fucking dazed and confused. The thing I didn't like about Peter, and we all know guys like this, Peter was reveling in a real obnoxious way with the discomfort of Paul and Gene. <laughs> now, it's funny. You're laughing, and so was I. I know. But I to know. me, it was very, very dickish. You know, because at that point, you know he fucking hated Paul and Gene. But you get why, because yes. they fucking tortured him. Of so course, he no, was of getting God. his revenge. But then that's the thing. He didn't have to do anything. No, it was Ace doing it for him. <laughs> it was, it was, it was the, it was like when I was in grade school, I used to get in trouble all the time because I would like get the giggles and I would be like, no, but he made me laugh. That's why I'm laughing. It's <laughs> yeah. not me. And, yeah. and that's that Peter. Peter's like, I didn't do anything. I'm just laughing at the funny guy right now. But I th- I feel like that almost pissed off Paul and Gene more that that Peter was kind of like you yeah, know because Ace is more original they're thinking and he's just being Ace right. he can't help it but it, right. Peter Peter's Peter's putting some fucking hatred behind that yes yes exactly exactly yeah all right so he's number two for me you can give your rankings at the end yeah number three for me would be um in this thing I would say would be Gene. Not Paul, because Gene was authentic. He was pissed and he was showing it. He had the balls to be like, motherfucker, you fucking idiot. And he had some decent comments. He was answering the question. He was talking. I always like when Gene like tries to put people on the spot. Name me a cartoon. Name me a yeah. horror movie from well, that was the French actor so-and-so played. Hey, hey. I like that. But he was a complete dick. So he's way down as number three. So number this four is four would be the last guy. So this is again we're going to differ a little bit. I think honestly, I think Gene was as unprofessional as Ace was. 
I think he was as unprofessional as Ace was. I think sitting there, slinked back in his chair with that puss on his face, <laughs> looking, looking, looking like a spoiled little bitch that took his fucking little piece of candy from him. I thought he came off. I actually think he came off the worst. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that his behavior wasn't warranted, and I totally understand that he was bullshit at Ace, but I think he came off as a complete just a grumpy old bitch. What he should have done is he should have gotten into it and been like, Ace, you're gonna let me talk? You wanna let me say something? I understand you having a like that would have been still been dickish, but that the, I mean, that image of his face is legendary. So what you're saying is it should be like that episode we did with Paul and Gene got into that fight. Yes. Hey, I don't I don't appreciate you doing that to me. Exactly. Stop, stop insulting me to my face. Like that stuff. Yes. Yes. If he, he if knew he wasn't gonna get anywhere with Ace, Ace was smashed. No, I know that. I know, but see, and then this is we're gonna differ because I think Paul, I think Paul came off almost as the most sympathetic because I think he was trying to keep it together. He had a smile, it was fake. He knew that the fucking interview went up in flames and he was trying to not embarrass himself, even though the whole band was being embarrassed. I put him at number four. Really? Because he had that sour puss look on his face too. And he had nothing to say. He didn't like you because we all know Paul. So we knew he couldn't hide it. Yeah. He was trying and he had like, I don't know, a little bitch way of fucking trying to like be up, not show that he's upset. Yeah. Mind you, I think Gene and Paul could, you know, change. It could be three, four, four, three. I don't care. But for me, the order as I see it on this episode, I go Peter, Ace, Gene, Paul. Yeah, I, I, the funny thing is when you watch this interview or when you listen to it, you guys got to watch it. You have to watch it after hearing the, it in, in, in this episode that it lasted for as long as it did. Right. Like at what point? Nobody, no producer, Tom Snyder himself. Nobody said, guys, this e- either he and his producers said, OK, this is this is TV gold. Maybe they's like, let's just run with it. Ace is shit face and we'll get everybody's going to get a kick out of this. But I am surprised that is it TV gold? It's TV gold for kiss tards. That's what I'm saying. America watching this. They're probably like, the fuck is this idiot? I I had no respect for them before. I have less respect for them now. And that's I, I would love to know if Paul or Gene after that thing ended. I would love to see like off the camera like bits of that like did they ever try to tell tom like you can't air this with the don't fucking air this this is terrible like i i, I don't know here's a here's a here's a, a funny quote from carol k who was the publicist at the time she says we booked the band on the tom snyder show it wasn't an everyday occurrence back then to see a rock band on a late night interview program this was a major coup tom had this little stuffed animal that he kept next to his seat ace kept picking up the animal and playing with it he called it his space bear Ace was very dr- Ace was very drunk, and I was very scared that the show wouldn't come off well. But Ace came off as lovable. He's not a mean drunk. He's a lovable drunk. He kept playing with the stuffed bear. Even though Tom was desperately trying to conduct a normal interview, you can see that his eye kept going to the bear. I remember when we went to a commercial, Tom Snyder, who's about six foot five, got up and said, give me that bear. I'll never forget it. That is hilarious to me. And then this is another great comment here from Bill O'Coin. My favorite TV appearance is the Tomorrow Show. What happened was Ace was interviewed for the show. He was drunk, so he didn't do the initial interview before the show. 
They told Snyder that Gene and Paul are your main people. Peter is pretty good, and Ace isn't going to do anything. I ended up sharing a bottle of champagne with Ace in the dressing room, and he was ready. Snyder couldn't believe it. He thought his people had set him up. Every time Ace said something, Snyder went to pieces. He was laughing and screaming. It was a turn of events that worked brilliantly. Gene was upset because Ace took over the show. So is it jealousy or is it the drunken behavior? I don't think it's jealousy. I think I think it's upsetting to them because in Paul and Gene's eyes, I think two things. Paul and Gene knew that the band was falling apart and fractured, and that was probably upsetting to them from from a standpoint. But I also think, put that aside, I think they were embarrassed because our band looks like, uh, like oh, granted, they were in the Dynasty costumes, which to some people is a joke to begin with, of super flamboyant and over the top. But I feel like Paul and Gene were like, you're really, really embarrassing us here now. You're, because Paul and Gene took it very seriously. And again, they knew that the band was falling apart. So I think it was a perfect storm of just a total disaster for the band. Yeah, it could be. But I still think like, hey, the other guys thought for a minute, hey, this is the first time we're one of the fucking people that exactly. are getting attention in these interviews. Yep. We've done a million of them. What? The first time we get attention. Now it's a problem. You guys don't like it. You, How does it feel to fucking sit there in the background? While we get the questions and the Good attention. point. Good so point. I don't know. There's a little uh, bit of all of it involved. I agree. I There's agree. There's going to be a shit ton of feedback on this. Uh, I'm interested in seeing it, how it comes across. Um, but yeah, it's this, this is legendary. It's legendary. And uh, we're glad we got to get to this episode and we broke it down for you. Let us know what you think. So, Tom, but before we move on, We've got to rank our TV appearances. Yep. So we have done ABC in concert, Mike Douglas show, Paul Lynn Halloween special, Don Kirshner's rock concert, Land of Hype and Glory, Gene and Ace on the Don Lane show, Kiss on Fridays, MTV Kiss Unmasking, Paul and Gene on Oprah, Kiss Mad TV, Halloween Spooktacular. Kiss on Family Guy, a very special Family Guy freaking Christmas in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yep. You want to tell us how you rank these? Yeah, of course. So starting from the bottom, last I have the Kiss Mad TV Halloween Spooktacular, Macy's Day Parade, Kiss on Family Guy, Gene and Ace on the Don Lane Show, Paul and Gene on Oprah, MTV Kiss Unmasking, Paul Lynn Halloween Special, Mike Douglas Show, Don Kirshner's Rock Concert, Land of Hype and Glory, Kiss on Fridays, and ABC in Concert. Now, for this, it's entertaining, but there's no music, there's no performance, which I find, we didn't talk about that. I find that striking that they didn't ask the band to perform. Yeah, Tom Snyder says something in the beginning. Yeah. They came with all their stuff, all this and this and that, but they didn't get the, they're not performing today. Yeah, weird. Uh, but anyways... So that that's obviously a, a a detriment in terms of rankings. Again, it's entertaining. It's really not something that I'm probably going to want to go back to too often because it is kind of uncomfortable, and I feel like we've seen it for forever. But it is legendary. Um, it is the four original band members. So I am going to put this at number eight. I'm going to put it right below MTV Kiss Unmasking and right above Paul and Gene on Oprah. Okay. All right. Yep. Tom, I have my rankings as Macy's Dave Parade as last, Kiss Mad TV, 
then Paul and Gene on Oprah, then Gene and Ace on Don Lane Show, Land of Hype and Glory, then MTV on Maskin, Kiss on Family Guy, Kiss on Fridays, ABC in concert, Paul Lynn Halloween special, Mike Douglas show, Don Kirshner's rock concert number one. Okay. I am putting this mm, right at number eight as well underneath MTV Kiss Unmaskin and above Land of Hype and Glory. Okay. Yep. Um, it's not as funny as I think like the Family Guy ones. And uh, the Kiss on Friday is a bunch of quirky little stupid little gimmick things. Uh, the Kiss on Maskin's legendary in and of itself. Yep. Yep. I agree. And uh, this is it, as as funny as it is. Some a little bit of it. It gets to a point where it's uncomfortable. Well, it's too long. That's the thing. Yeah. It's too long. It's it's like a, it's like a Saturday Night Live skit that just went on too long. Yeah. 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 Yep. All right, Tom. What we do next is uh, we go to question of the week. You got one? Okay, this comes from Anthony on Facebook. Anthony says, when Kiss finally wraps it up in New York City on December 2nd, do you think that Kiss will be like one of those other legacy artists, like Elvis or Jimi Hendrix or Prince, that continue to put out material, whether it's continued off the soundboards or more live albums or DVD box sets or whatever, or do you think Kiss will just go away? Oh, no, they're never going to go away. They make too much money from this stuff. There'll be more albums, more uh, obscure shit, more compilations, uh, videos, and things like that. All sorts of shit. I'm telling you. I I really feel there'll be way more. Yeah, I think so, too. I just hope that right now. So the reason that we're not getting any deluxe box sets or off the soundboard is because Kiss is in the middle of trying to wheel and deal with universal because universal owns the kiss catalog paul and gene own all the demos and live stuff from off the soundboard so right now there's kind of a back and forth with that i hope that gets settled because i know people loved the off the soundboards and the deluxe sets i would like to think that after this show in new york city in december that we will continue to get some stuff you know maybe more kissology maybe more something i i just they won't go away in terms of like t-shirts and merch but in terms of audio video stuff, that's that's where I'm nervous about just because of the way the band is. I, I hope there's more, but I, I get worried about that. But either way, Anthony, great question. I have a feeling everybody's wondering the same thing. So thank you for contributing to that. Tom, where can people find us? Go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes. The Shout Out Loudcast episode, Dorm Damage, Album Review Crew, Zeppelin Chronicles. You can find all the links to our social media. Links to our Amazon shopping page. Our merch is there. Our Patreon. You can comment directly from the website, and we get those in the form of an email, and we read every email. And if you want to have your question be read as question of the week, or if you want to be part of our upcoming mailbag, please submit one. You can use the website to do that, or email us directly at shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. That's the email address, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we're on all the social media, media, Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Please follow us, subscribe, interact with us. We love the fact that you guys are seeing these end-of-the-road shows, shows, these final shows, taking pictures, sharing them, your feedback, your videos, pictures of you with shout-out loudcast gear on. We love it, so keep doing that. Uh, and again, a huge shout-out to our wonderful Patreon family. Please check us out. Again, click on the link or download the app. 
And we always like to say that we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Shows. Yeah, people can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and give us one of those five-star child reviews so people can find our podcast. Uh, please, uh, Tom mentioned it already. Go to uh, our website. Uh, I just put a lot of fucking time into that thing. Yep. So make sure you go take a look and peek around. I added, uh, I don't know, maybe at least a half a dozen new pitches that you guys have been giving us of uh, you wearing the loudcaster stuff. So you go to the about section. If you go towards the bottom, there's a slide there of all the loudcasters wearing our gear. I've added in photos of uh, the kiss cruise that I, I, for some reason I didn't have it in there. And uh, the Gene Simmons event. Uh, we updated also any articles that uh, quote, uh, shout it out loudcast the podcast in the media section like we put a lot uh, of work into the website recently and mm-hmm. uh, added more data and stuff and we'll keep putting more pictures of you guys keep sending to them and if you do post something tag us just say because i'll have to end up reaching out to you just say yeah please you can use this for the website so i don't have to email you guys or dm you um again uh, our website again shout it out loudcast dot com shout it out loudcast.com and you can always email us with questions comments suggestions at shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com tom what we do next is we always end on famous last words do you have any oh yes i do as always we'd go to school and then we'd cut out go to the park and space our heads out we called it fun but there was doubt Hanging out down in the city. Yeah. I've been up and down. I've been all around. I was mystified, almost terrified. But late at night, I still hear you call my name. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Oh, fucking stupid. What is the matter with us? Oh, my God. Tom, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, you're the best. Thank you so much. Happy Halloween. Check your candy bags for uh, any aces <laughs> doo-doos in there and uh, be safe. And uh, if anybody out there is dressing up as Kiss for Halloween, tag us. Send some pictures. We want to see them. So thank you. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Cut the music. What I want now is all you fat, out of shape, worldwide kiss cards to keep the noise down while I show you ladies what a real sexy man looks like. Hit the music. Listen, all you people out there sitting on rented furniture, Everybody see Richie. Everybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 